This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day and welcome to Keep It Simple, the weekly internet talk show of the Simple Truths Radio Network. Pastor Xavier, how are we doing today, sir? Good, Tony. Starting the new year. See what the Lord has for us. We will see. We will see. With us in the studio, our production engineer, John Duran. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 263 on Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. I got to get used to saying that. You better. It's a new year. Pastor Sam Toronto is helping us today with video over there. And we got the whole rest of the church staff. Except for Pastor Diego Festa. He, he's uh, actually out there working. <laughs> Pastor Henry, how are you doing, sir? Good. Happy New Year, church. Amen. Glad Pastor to be here. Fernando. Yes, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, we made it. <laughs> a regular contributor, Pastor Mario Alvarez, here uh, with us. Good morning, everyone. Grateful to have him. Uh, Pastor X, today we're going to take some time and talk about 2023. As you know, we don't have a lot of choice. We're here, and we're going to be involved in preparing for it. And uh, we're excited about the opportunity, what the Lord's placed before it. We want to hit the ground running. And yeah. and we expect, re- realistically, that the, the coming year is going to go faster than the last one. Yeah. So we want to be ready for yeah, that. Yeah, it usually does. Again, every new year, um, you get another perspective of what um, God would have you to do, which way he's going to direct you. Um, but that's every day. You know what I mean? It's just that you go from December 31st to January 1st. That's all. But, um, you know, we've been very fortunate to be able to get pulled out of the world and um, to have our hearts changed and to trust and depend on the Lord uh, constantly for whatever it may be. Um, And um, you never know what God's going to do. God takes sometimes good situations and and uses trials through those things. Sometimes takes bad situations and he uses it to just mold and shape you in such a tremendous way. And so he's in control. The main thing, again, is just walking with him, staying in the Word. And, of course, as pastor, we want to make sure we're teaching the Word of God to the people that are coming, that we're here to serve them, we're here to minister to them, to pray for them, and that they would walk for the benefit of their families as the heads of home, the men, that they would stand in that gap, and especially in the crucial time that we're living in. Very very dark time that we're living in, very evil. Yeah. Um, the only way you can explain what's going on globally is that uh, it's demonic in many different ways. We're not saying everybody's demon-possessed. We're not saying that we're blaming the boogaloo or stuff that, but it's just bad. Yeah. And these people are not, um, they're not ignorant. They're very wise concerning evil. Yeah. And um, we've turned a blind eye to, to evil today. We call it good. And it's pretty... Um, pretty dangerous day we live in. Amen. You know, Pastor X, Ephesians chapter 4, we have a really amazing blueprint for the church. And it may not, you know, it's not all inclusive, obviously, but some wonderful rough details about how the work of ministry is. With that in mind, what do you see as the primary components, the priority issues for the church as we plan for the future? Yeah, well, again, as like always, the purpose of the church is to perfect the saints, to bring the level of maturity that they not be tossed to and fro with every one of doctrine, but they be able to discern truth from error. They be able to decipher the Word of God intelligently uh, in context with the cultural background, with the language it's written in. And again, we're not implying that everybody has to know Greek, Hebrew, or Aramaic. That's not what the Bible says. In fact, 
there's probably maybe less than 1% that know those languages. So of course, it is very evident that that's not a requirement to know what the Bible says. With a good translation, you can do good inductive Bible studies and you will get to the meaning of the text. Um, the New Testament monosyllabic is one syllable word, so a child can read it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the Spirit of God that it causes us to understand in that. <clears throat> um, but the primary focus and the uh, responsibility of expositors is to first find out what it meant to the people that day. Sure. Then once you do that, then you can make application. So to perfect the same doesn't mean they're sinless or um, perfect at any point in time. But it means that they're growing in their maturity and development in Christ, just like when you bring a child home. You know, you're looking at the physical being that makes sure that his arms are growing uh, proportionally, not one bigger than the other one. Uh, that he's growing mentally and uh, emotionally. You want everything to be growing to maturity, and that's what you do you're raising your children to hopefully one day they get to be adults and they can go out in the world to be a productive asset of society to enhance and to bless society and not to cause society uh, trouble and money. And the same with Christ. Amen. You want to make sure you're growing. It's interesting. I mean, uh, just what he was talking about, language. And, it's you know, we're going through the book of Revelation Tuesday nights. Right. And what does the book of Revelation tell us? It, t it tells us how he has redeemed us from every nation, race, tongue. Mm -hmm. And it just tells us a testament to the scripture that it's for the whole world, yeah. that they can understand the word That's of right. God and get saved. Yeah. Pretty scary cool. thing, you know, I know everything that we do, we, are, we place an emphasis upon the teaching of Scripture and the importance of people reading Scripture. I mean, I, it would be interesting to count in a year's time how many times we make reference to the idea that people need to read through the Bible every year. Yeah. And this is a constant with us, how often we talk to people who are not reading their Bibles. Yeah. In this church, it's kind of terrifying. You know, and you think, goodness gracious, mm -hmm. you've got to c connect the dots here. Yeah. You've got to realize what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, Pastor Mario, I know you've been at this for a long time. <coughs> long, long time. It has <laughs> been a long time. It really has. <laughs> and, you know, your job couldn't be more practical. You are totally hands-on, dozens of different ministries, dealing with leaders, a bunch of participants. And I, I wonder, do you have, I know that a lot of your goals because I see your to-do list from time to time, you have short, a lot of short-term goals, things that need to get done. That's right. Do you have overarching long-term goals, things you want to see moving forward as, as we address the new year? Well, no. As, as I read those questions as you listed them on my list here, I didn't... Uh, um, I think, I think the, uh, the word a goal is kind of the wrong perspective, at least for planning for the church uh -huh. for, the, for the future, only because we don't set goals in terms of financial goals or goals to how many people we want to see attend the services. Uh -huh. uh, our goals are a little bit more difficult to grab a hold of. We want to, our, if we want to use the word goals, our goals are to be more effective every year. Obviously, this is the first of the year and people have a tendency to set goals and or, you know, changes in their lives that they want to see. And, and it's, a, it's a good reset time. But of course, you know, uh, I think most people make resets throughout the year, not just once. And uh, within ministry, though, because it's such a, um, an organism, it's such a yeah. dynamic uh, functioning group of people mm -hmm. that it, it, it it's difficult to to say that I'm going to set a goal but we do want to see 
if you want to say goal, we, we do want to see improvement, improvement the way we minister, improvement the way uh, the worship team serves the body in terms of uh, the different events. So um, as far as goals, no, we, have, we don't set goals. We don't give various ministries budgets, uh, but we do work at trying, as, as we do probably weekly, monthly, analyzing what we're doing and uh, trying to improve those various entities, ministries, yeah. uh, activities, and such. So um, that would be kind of the big picture of how you're approaching things. That, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It it you know you can set your goals, but I think if you if you do to some degree, it's somewhat carnal because it becomes something that you want to see. But mm -hmm. where where is Lord leading that particular church or yeah. ministry or individual? So so it is a little different in that respect. But uh, um, there is a lot of planning, obviously. We sure. have to keep close eyes on the calendar. You know, we want to deal with various issues within the ministries, uh, and we do so on a regular basis. That's a good answer. Henry, like everybody else around here, you wear a bunch of different hats. You manage the bookstore. You oversee premarital counseling. You do marriage counseling and marriage ministry and lots of other stuff. Does working in the bookstore, your involvement with Christian publishing, give you a different vantage point on what's happening in the Christian culture at large. Yeah, I think it does. I, ever since I started in the bookstore, you, know, you just see from afar the different trends and movements of the church and what they're into and, and stuff like that. And, and uh, it helps to have a pulse on what is happening out there for mm -hmm. me. You know, I remember when I first took over the bookstore, uh, I, you know, I started placing orders, and one of the, the publishers called me, the rep, the, the, my rep, introduced herself, and she goes, I noticed you didn't order the new Benny Hinn book. <laughs> and I said, no, I didn't. And she goes, you know, I, that's like in the top ten right now, you know, and I go, that's Big okay. seller. Huh? Big seller. Yeah, and I said, that's okay. I did that, and, and I just saw from there what my, my, I don't want to call it a combat, but my maneuvering and my stance had to be going forward. Interesting. You know, and, uh, and I've seen the Lord go before me. I remember when uh, Purpose Driven first came out. Yeah. I remember I ordered it because Pastor Chuck brought it in. And then right after I got it, I, and I'm not boasting, I opened the box and I felt the check of the Holy Spirit say, send it back. Closed it up. I wow. sent it back. I, honest to God. I mean, that's what I did. And about a week later, Chuck put out a letter saying, we're not going to carry this. And it was confirmation. Really? I mean, just confirmation. Interesting. Right there. So, and going forward, I mean, the Lord has just been gracious enough to speak to me on what the pulse yeah. is for our church. Mm -hmm. what, what do we want here? What, what is good, what's the need here? And I try and project that or share that with the, those that serve here so that they know, you know, kind of be aware, prayerful of the church. What are we, what's <clears> going on here? You know, what do they need? What are the hurts? What are the, the you know, people trying to grow in, you know, and stuff. So that's Is it important for us to be insulated from what's going on in the culture and even Christian culture, Pastor Eck? Sure, sure. I mean, we're called to judge truth from error. Um, there's no more dominant theme, Old or New Testament. Uh, we've been around for about, I'll be 50 years this next July, and uh, we've seen many trends. Uh, you know, the children of the day, I mean, children of God out there, you had um, Moonies, 
um, all kinds of deceivers and everything else. You got book galore. Um, majority of them testimonial that it's Pentecostalism. There's no real content to the to the um, the, the the scripture that they're putting out or mm -hmm. the the book. Um, it, it's just emotional, moving people. And then you got people that are you know like the take the Jesus calling, um, right. piece of trash, and yet. It sells a lot. You were asking Mari about goals. The goals of quote quote the church, denominational, the, the the organized church. Yeah. Their goals are to have greater attendance, mm -hmm. build big, bigger buildings, have more finances, and so they spent their time on that and begging and creating programs, and yet much of the people that go there are spiritually dead. They couldn't tell truth from error if, they, if their life depended on it. Uh, God asked that the church daily such as should be saved. And so everything that we do or think or examine has to be by the, the plumb line of Scripture. And uh, we are warned very strongly in the Old Testament as well as the New that there are many deceivers out there. And yet as you examine it with God's standard, many of the book, Rick warns, you know, just... Godless. I mean, he drops a little scripture all over it to make it taste a little bit good, but he's part of the World Forum with Davos and has been all along. Yeah. Now he's retired, thank God. But um, uh, it's ridiculous, you know, and there are other people, you know, you, you've got a lot of deceivers, different things. They want to make money, they want to be known, they want to build huge complexes so they can both. Jesus asked to the church. Um, Jesus knows what I can handle as a pastor. If I can only handle 15 people, why would I want more? Yeah. My, my, my responsibility is to feed the flock of God so that I get deceived, tossed to and fro. Every part of the body, every individual is doing their part. They know their gifts. They know their calling. The pastor doesn't tell them that. And then when they show up on Sunday, they get involved on midweek and everything else, God puts it all together. Mm -hmm. We have seen this for over 42, 43 years over and over again. And so um, our goal is just to be in step with the Lord. Amen. To be content, never complacent, but very content with what God has given us. Amen. Very, very important. Fernando, uh, one of the primary areas of your responsibility is a really important thing to most people, and that has to do with ministry to young people uh, from infants all the way through to junior high school and teenagers. And, when we talk about the changes in our culture, this is one of the major areas of concern for us, mm -hmm. is how these changes are going to affect uh, third graders or kindergartners. Do you find children's ministry taking a defensive posture? Well, I go back to Ephesians 4, the purpose of the church. Right, We have a mandate uh, to equip the saints. And uh, the way we approach children's ministry is no different than what you see in the sanctuary. We're, we're equipping the kids. Yeah. And I treat that like my home, so to speak. You know, I, I warn my children. You know, we have a culture that is trying to pressure them to think a certain way, to act a certain way. Mm -hmm. uh, going back to what Xavier says, you know, regarding truth and error, they blur the lines, right? They have a, ver they have a standard of truth, which is evil, right? That's what they're, they're calling evil good today. And so we always, we always have to... Uh, um, address our kids and, and talk about those issues that come up because the work environment they're in or the school they're in are always going to pressure them. 
And it's no different in the children's ministry. We're there to equip the kids. So when those issues do come up, we address them. As a matter of fact, every Sunday before we go and teach the kids, we pray and we meet and we discuss what the topic of the day is. And then we ask application. You know, how do we apply this to the kids? So that way, we're current. We're not just, okay, well, we're stuck in the Old Testament and we're going to just teach antiquity. No, we, we need to bring those kids up to today and how these things happened in the past, and it's no different today. Mm -hmm. you know, how so things... this is the staff of children's ministry, people who are teaching that day. Correct. You, you meet with them before and go yes. through these things. Yes, every Sunday. We, we pray, we meet, and, and we talk about the lesson of the day, and we want that, you know, we, we bounce ideas off. And, and I, I know it's really cool because I get to hear how the Lord has ministered to a teacher. Mm -hmm. And I, go, oh, I didn't even think about that. They, they have a different angle, you know, how the Lord showed them that. And that encourages me. Um, but kind of going even what, what Henry was saying, you know, here he's, he's, we have the enemy outside, the culture, and then we also have the internal warfare happening in the church mm -hmm. with all the junk that comes through. We have to sort all that stuff out. But the one thing I'm confident in is the scripture. I can never go wrong with the scripture. It's like tag. As long as my hand's on, on this, I'm safe. Amen. The moment I get off, I'm no longer safe. Right. Now I'm subject to the whims of the world. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned being encouraged by the things you hear from the people you serve with. Mm -hmm. And I think, I, I wish people in the church could know how inspired Absolutely. we are by all of these people who serve the Lord at this place. How yeah. that every, every service, tonight, Tuesday night, people will come in and the Spirit of God will use God's people and show us and do miracles, you know, and it's just such an encouragement to all of us. Well, what does Xavier say? I mean, and I, I believe this, not because he's here, but when he says it, <laughs> he says, I'm surprised like anybody else when people show up on Sunday morning, yeah. right? Yeah. Because it's a work of God. They're yeah. here because they're seeking the Lord. They're born again people who, yeah. who, who want to hear from God and they want to be encouraged. And, yeah. you know, some kids we know, they come to church because their parents drag them here. Yeah. And, and we want to minister to them. We're, we're just we're, we're throwing seed out. We're hoping that one day it takes fruition. I mean, realistically, that's where all of us were, you know, yeah. as small children. Right. We went to church because somebody pushed us to, or you went to Catholic the school. Wrong church. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because the, there was no choice. You know, one of the things I want to take into consideration in planning and preparing for the coming year, I really expect to see upheaval in our culture, one way or another, on a biblical scale. Um, and maybe uh, economic or social, our situation in our community is changing drastically. And, and as you referred to at the beginning of the broadcast, Pastor X, uh, there's a lot of evil out there. Yeah. And it is demonic. And it is, and you know, the people in the church, believers, uh, the enemy has their target. You know, they are a target from that perspective. Uh, Sometimes it's just mismanagement from our government, and sometimes it's intentional, uh, dest destructive perspective that's engaged. Do we know exactly what we're going, our situation is going to look like in twelve months? Do we have do we have an idea? It's interesting well, it's because the uh, uh, COVID uh, whole episode happened so quickly yeah. overnight. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Just a couple months, everything was locked down. Was just shows you how fast things happen. Yeah. And I think, Xavier, you mentioned this morning how the Nazis took over Germany. Yeah. Uh, that it was overnight. 
Yeah. And unexpected. And, you know, there was those people that were on the sidelines watching, but not really responding to what was uh, going on, the, the evil actions and stuff. And, you know, theoretically, we, we could, here in the United States, we could face a similar situation for actions against the church mm -hmm. with laws that are put up, you know, for the various reasons of so-called equity uh, and such. And we have, to, we have to be aware, we have to be alert. Um, some of these things we're just going to be subject to. We're not going to have much we can do other than simply physically resist. And it could be a time where they could close church doors. Yeah. You know, um, even last year, year before, saying that sounded so radical, like it could be something in the future. But I think that future for us is, is now we have mm -hmm. to be alert. We have yeah. to be careful what's going on out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, kind of like what you're saying, um, one of the contributing factors who that gave rise to Hitler was the economy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we could see some of those things starting to happen now with our own yeah. economy, yeah. the supply chain, all and those the, things. Uh, the other interesting parallel about Germany is the, the William Blake quote, you know, and uh, what's necessary for the eventual triumph of evil? Mm, through good men. Good men good do men nothing. Good men do nothing. Yeah. You know, and so we, yeah. we can't sit on the sidelines and allow yeah. it to happen. You know, we, yeah. the really cool thing, there may be great destruction out there. I mean, there's 87,000 new FBI yeah. <laughs> investigators, <laughs> and you know that that's going to be weaponized at least against conservatives. Sure. And maybe against the church to sure. some degree. Sure. But the really cool thing is, is none of this is a surprise to the Lord. Right. That's yeah. encouraging. Yeah, and nor to the people of God if they've been studying the Word of God. Amen. We've been teaching this uh, for over 40 years, and all of a sudden, bam, it was here three years ago. And it was really um, a shocker. Uh, we, we trusted the, quote, quote, scientific information at first because we really had no real reason to not. Yeah. We were skeptical, but trusting it. But once we did, and we did do services over the internet to not let people gather, um, we got to a point where we realized it was just a big lie. Um, it was a fear factor. Yes. And um, it, it, it divided people. And again, when, uh, when Hitler wanted to uh, bring the, because the German people had such a bad time after World War I, mm -hmm. during World War I, that he promised them everything. And he gave them this national identity, but with superiority of race. Yes. Okay. Um, well, here is diversity. Mm -hmm. And the, um, the, the backlash is that anybody who opposes you becomes your enemy. He wanted to do just in Europe as he was killing the Jews. And then he started in Germany, but then he went to uh, Ukraine and everything else. And then he wanted to go into Europe. And now it's global. Yes. So the economics is still still part of that. And they want to reset the world in economic with Klaus Schwab by 30. Uh, you're talking about not that long from now, seven but years. you got to think, it, it, it may even happen before that. Mm -hmm. they, they could. Yeah. Uh, and, and the whole thing is, they don't really care. There's no um, real examination to the real science because the science is fiction. There's no real science behind this. The greatest culprits of, of this lie is the medical community. And they've been bought. They've been marginalized. Do you know what the new law is uh, in California? What's that? Uh, the new law on January 1st was the medical community is not allowed to speak about the risks associated with the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you run the risk of losing your license. That's right. Yeah. That's right. why. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they've had that already, but now it's a law. 
Uh, exactly. I have friends who are doctors. They were contacted by the MMA. They said, if you say anything against the vaccine, we'll remove your board certification. So it's nothing new. But again, it's going to be progressively more solidified through laws and regulations, stuff like that. Because if you don't agree with them, then you're the enemy. Yeah. I mean, from Obama on, we've already been called the conservative, the Christian, the veteran, enemies of the state. Racist. Mm -hmm. Very clear. Yeah. So again, as I look at the parallel between Nazi Germany, um, I, I see the same kind of thing. Black Lives Matter, the brown shirts, um, the thugs, Antifa, um, Antifa yeah. all of that. Uh, and, and it's to endanger society, mm -hmm. to just uh, rampage um, businesses, destroy them, uh, to destroy the economic of the American system, the Western world, so that they can make the reset taking everything from the wealthy who are, don't go along with it and all the middle class. It's mm -hmm. like a, you would think of, you have Frank Zappa, his quote was, the greatest enemy to our country is the government. Yeah. Interesting. Is that interesting? I yeah. mean, back, just the whole idea of the government being the greatest enemy to the people. Yeah. yeah. Well, he also said that. He said some crazy things. So don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> he, our, our enemies are the people with the fish on the back of their cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Reagan put it. He says, you know, the scariest words is, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. <laughs> you got to be kidding that. me. That's great. Those are the scariest words. You know, interesting is we're talking about the scientific breakdown in the medical community. We have a parallel to that going on in the environmental movement. Right. That it's sort of like uh, two separate columns that are being used for the common perspective sure, of what they're sure. trying to do. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because um, not too long ago, I think it was in November, there was a, a climate summit in Egypt called COP27, COP27, mm -hmm. and uh, they brought in a religious aspect to this conference where they brought together all these religious leaders from all different types of faith, including evangelicals and uh, from all over the world. And they had a ceremony of climate repentance. Wow. Mm. And they also, they did this in Egypt. They came up with a, a new Ten Commandments. For the environment. An addendum. Right. Wow. And, and this is the danger, is that they're trying to take environmentalism the whole climate thing and filter it into the word of God, into Christianity to get believers sure. to believe sure. Sure. that, oh yeah, we got to guard creation, we got to yeah. do this, yeah. you know, in, in the sense of trying to make it Christianese. Sure. Mm -hmm. and, and it's very, I believe it's yeah. very dangerous because people are going to eat that up. Yeah. Uh, and they know that the church stands against all that in yeah. general, but some people yeah. will get deceived. But so. the economics, like Hitler, he, he couldn't, he couldn't, at the end, sustain it, yeah. and because ma the majority of his of his resources were going to exterminating the Jews. That's one of the factors that caused his yeah. defeat. Mm -hmm. He was he saw the extermination of the Jews as a necessary mm -hmm. part of warfare against the world. And so you see the same thing today, the economic reset is pushed by environmentalism. Big turn. And it's a distraction that could very well, if it happens again, won't be able to accomplish their goal. But like yeah. you're saying, even the depopulation. Oh yeah, it's they're the going to depopulate same, people, same, yeah. depopulation, and giving all the resources to the environment, which is a waste of resources. 
it pulls away from a real victory in many different ways. And so you have the same thing. There's a lot of parallels. You, you can't get away from it. Matt is not too smart. He uses the same evil all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you do you see a lot of the same influences in yeah. Mao's Cultural Revolution. You see it in, in or the Bolsheviks and in, yeah. in 1918 in, in Russia and all these other movements. You know, yeah. Marxism is yeah. is the the tool That's that they want to use. You know, yeah. unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of this in Canada. Yeah, going forward, mm -hmm. virtually unopposed. Yeah, yeah. but uh, in this country, Lord. Thank the Lord, we still have a voice. We're able yeah. to speak out. Yeah. We're able yeah. to make a statement. And, you know, I, whoever's list we may or may not be on for being politically incorrect is really beside the point. We, we are in a place where we answer to a higher calling. Sure, sure. We have to answer to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's our prayer. Is that yeah. this I mean, here. stop and think about of all times from the 60s on, the abortion issue has been back and forth, back and forth, the fight. And who would ever would have said in the year 2022, abortion is going to be made illegal in the United States for the most part, yeah. federally? Yeah. Roe v. You would have said, you're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So God's on the throne. Amen. And he allows evil to run its course, but he has an ultimate plan. God's going to deal with these individuals. God is going to come for his church. He's going to remove his church. Um, and then he's going to pour out seven years of tribulation and wrath such as never before. Um, as Dylan says in his song, they'll ask God to kill them and they won't be able to die. <laughs> Five months. You know what I mean? Interesting you mentioned God's going to come for his church because that's another thing that's out right now. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that article that CNN put out about rapture anxiety. <laughs> no, no, you guys didn't. No. Oh yeah, they hit it. They're, they put out an article not recently saying that that the rapture is bringing a huge anxiety on the church and sure. people and 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 you know the blessed hope. Uh, Devil's advocate. These yeah, guys are, yeah, yeah, and, and it, it, the article depicts the doctrine of the rapture imminent return of Jesus or his church as a as a chronic problem, is what they wow. said. Sure. And, and again, you have the climate area, you have this that they're trying to get people to not sure, trust sure. in the, mm -hmm. you know, sure, we all sure. know what the, yeah. the return and of Jesus is. the church is, you know, people that are not, you know, dealing with a full deck. Yeah. Yeah, and also I, you know, you're, you're getting these millennials, in my opinion, so-called church people, to, you know, that are already wanting their little puppy dog to go to college with them and all that stuff, to, oh, I can't take the rapture, you know, it's too yeah. much for me. You know, like, you know yeah, 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 yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah. But again, it, the whole, everything is against attack God. Mm -hmm. You go back to the garden, it was Satan against God's word. This whole movement, everything that's going on is against God's word. They know what God has in store. They are not ignorant to God. They reject God. They refuse God. They make themselves God. But it's an attack against the Creator. Absolutely. Well, isn't it interesting that the day we live, you know, we know that this would be marked as a time of great deception. You can tell someone in their face how illogic their argument is, present truth, and they will deny it. Yeah. That's, that that is amazing to yeah. me. It is. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple. Today we're spending some time talking about planning for 2023 and 
We'll be right back with you after these messages. The Calvary Chapel Pasadena Bookstore is a full-service Christian bookstore offering Bibles, books, cards, gift ideas, audio messages from Pastor Xavier Reese, study guides, and more. We're located in Calvary Chapel, Pasadena at 2200 East Colorado Boulevard. That's two blocks west of Sierra Madre Boulevard in Pasadena. We're open Tuesday through Friday from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m., as well as after every midweek and Sunday service. We also have an online bookstore offering many items available for purchase at store.calvarychapelpasadena.com. Feel free to give us a call, 626-584-9992. That's 626-584-9992. Or visit calvarychapelpasadena.com for the Calvary Chapel Pasadena Bookstore, serving the community since 1995. Pastor Xavier Reese and the Biblical Model for Marriage. The two become one, not two. Do many people even in Christ live as two? My checkbook, your checkbook, my cookies, your cookies. No, our, our money, our kids, our problems. They're one unit. Compliments to accomplish the purposes of God through marriage. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. The need for strong family relationships has never been as crucial as it is today. And Pastor Xavier Reese offers a series of studies on marriage and the family, underlying the necessary ingredients called for in a healthy home, such as the source of joy in marriage, Christian submission, God's role for men, God's role for women, even God's role for children, and so much more. It's Pastor Xavier's Marriage and the Family series, available now in the Calvary Chapel Pasadena online store as an audio CD album for $32 or convenient MP3 disc for just $10, containing 12 messages in all of God-honoring practical insights from Scripture. Whether you're new to the faith, newly married, wishing to start a family perhaps, or just want to realign yourself with God's divine plan for your marriage and family, this collection assembles key biblical teachings that endure the test of time. Stop by the online store today at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com for the Marriage and the Family audio CD album or MP3 disc. That's CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. We return now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, addressing issues of consequence for the church. Hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel Pasadena. You're back with us here at Keep It Simple. Today, spending some time talking about our planning and preparation and perspective for 2023. We've got some new changes on the church website and the church app, right, John? We do. We have just, as of last week, added all of Pastor Xavier's Spanish library, uh, which includes the Spanish New Testament and all his topical messages in Spanish. Um, and yeah, we're super excited about it. Um, it's on the church app for mobile, uh, TV app, and like you said, church website. Amen. And I kind of wanted to mention, you, you know, you mentioned that it's on the church website. Um, I want to put a video or something together soon real quick, something short, but um, you can easily share this whole library with somebody in Mexico, let's say through uh, like WhatsApp. You know, if you go on the church website, go to Spanish Messages and just send them the link to that page 
through, let's say, WhatsApp or something like that um, to someone who's in Mexico. I mean, that what a resource. You know, you and we can, can do that with all the other English teaching and the English and the as well. Yeah, everything yeah. you can send out yeah. information to people. And you know, what they a great not, resource. Yeah, well, it's just yeah. it's incredible. And, great you know, use of technology. Yeah, I send it to a friend right away. Uh, and he sent it to a friend in Mexico right away, and someone else too. Uh, Fernando had someone in Mexico that he sent it to. I mean, I, I we believe God's no, going to use this thing, right? No, my mom in Victorville. Oh, Bakersfield. Bien. The Lord is good. Yeah, you know all the technology as it works for uh, questionable purposes on so many levels. It's so great just to see the Lord use it. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. As believers, gentlemen, we, we see ourselves rightly, I, I think, as the guardians of objectivity and order. And, you know, that's apart from religious values or Christian. We want people to believe the truth. That's, that's it, plain and that's simple. Right. Yeah, we're not trying to deceive anybody. We're not trying to uh, indoctrinate people. We're not trying to brainwash anybody unless they're willingly wanting to have their brainwashed. A lot of people need that help. Uh, <laughs> In our person, what should we in our personal lives do, and for that matter in church, to elevate the appreciation of cultural and social stability for the benefit of people? What do we do to see that put forward as a legitimate and important perspective? You know, I think number one is just living your life as a witness to the Lord. That you're, you know, how many, I mean, when I, I worked in the world and, and people took note of, I didn't lie to them. Amen. You know, I was committed to being very honest with my work. Makes you different. It, it does. It makes you different. You don't laugh at their jokes. Yeah. And, you know, they're distasteful, but you don't act arrogant either. You know, you're, you're trying to be a light, but you're not trying to, in, in a way, act brashly either because you understand they're lost. So there's always that fine balance of, of you know, loving on them but without compromising. And I remember uh, I was working at a facility, and this guy was, I think I've shared this before, um, after one day, he leaned over at, you know, in his cubicle, and, and he looks at me, he goes, hey, you're a Bible thumper, aren't you? <laughs> I didn't say one thing about the Bible. I'm on the other side of the building, but I knew it was spiritual. <clears throat> a year goes by, and he would make all kinds of references, because he was a homosexual. He, he would say all these things, either just to, to shock you or to, you know, get something from you, some reaction. Yeah, provoke you. To provoke yeah. you, and after a year, and I, and this is, this is to the glory of the Lord because after a year he says, "Hey, can I take you out to lunch?" I'm going, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, okay." Uh, you know, just across the street. I said, "Okay, all right, we'll go to Did lunch." You have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to lunch, and um, and it was really cool. He says, "I just want to let you know that um, I got a new job and I'm leaving, but I wanted to let you know that you're the only person who was my friend oh, at this wow. place." Wow. He goes, and I know what I'm doing is wrong. Wow. Oh, wow. You know, and I would, and after that, we would email and, and, you know, still stay connected. But that was just me loving on him without yeah. compromising. Yeah. And they see that. People yeah. see that, you know. They and know what's real and what's not. Know, exactly. And for him to say, I know what I'm doing is wrong. That's amazing, isn't it? When it so comes to marriage and the marriage ministry, I'm always addressing the couples to know that people are watching your marriage. And yes. what your re marriage represents speaks volumes mm -hmm. of Christ in the church, one man, one woman. You know, it's a witness in itself. So I know for us, it's been that's kind of a focus there as far as answering that question yeah. that you just threw out. It, 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 it's yeah. 
you know, pretty heavy. I don't even call marriage anymore traditional. I call it natural marriage because they can, you know, the argument again, talking about defending, people are going to say, well, you can change traditions. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so. You I'm can't saying, change what's natural. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. anyway. And again, you know, often the church is accusing Christians of, you know, well, you know, you guys are self righteous and you're trying to make people moral and ethical and then that's your standard and all that. Mm -hmm. But that's not it. We know they're lost just like we were lost, and we know they need a life transformation of the heart. And so we don't have to teach. We don't give classes on ethics and morals. We just teach the Word of God. Amen. And if people believe the gospel that they're lost and that Jesus died for their sins and they repent of their sins, the Holy Spirit begins to do all that renovation. Everything comes alive. Now you want to be holy as he is holy, knowing that you can't do it, but you're dependent on him. So it's not like behavioral modification that you can, you know, indoctrinate people to stimulus and response and all that. No, it's from within. Um, behavioral modification is quite inferior to physical transformation. Amen. And uh, God deals with the individual. All of a sudden his eyes are open. They know there's a God. They know there's a, there's a hell. They know there's a heaven. They know that every man's going to have a, a judgment day, and they know that Jesus is coming. Real simple. Paul says to the uh, Thessalonians in the first chapter at the end, there, he says, you, you turn from, from, from idols and, and uh, are waiting for Jesus to come back from heaven. So they abandon their idols. Amen. They know. Yes. And they're looking for Jesus to come back from heaven. So every chapter of 1 Thessalonians, at the end of the chapter, is talking about the rapture, coming yes. back from heaven. He deals with detail in chapter 4, 16, and 17. The Lord will descend from heaven with a shout of the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive will remain shall be caught up together with him, harpazo, in the air, suddenly, violently, and we receive our glorified body. We are caught up with them. Them who? The stiffs in the ground, yeah. the, the cadavers, the dead people. Because the man you die, you're instantly present, but your body's in the ground. Your glorified body is at the rapture, not immediately. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 8 says you're instantly present, but you're not naked. What are you in? I don't know. But it's not the glorified body. No. What a miracle. You know, Pastor X, it's every time we open the doors of this facility and we get to see God do this amazing thing. On Sundays and Thursdays, uh, Wednesday mornings, you stand up in front of people and you teach the Bible. And as you do that, you have no idea what needs to happen in the lives sure, of all these different sure. people. You're, you're, sometimes you're te teaching four or 500 people, yeah. and you have no idea how the Lord needs to minister to each one of them individually, but he yeah. does it mm -hmm. by his spirit. Yeah. And that, that is just such an amazing thing sure. to witness, to yeah. see the lives of people changed. Yeah. And, and we, we get to see that up close. Yeah. Yeah. We get to see it. Yeah, and God would have that for every pastor, every church, yeah. every yeah. believer. But the problem is you get into the traditional denominations and it's organized and all that and you've got a lot of requirements and we're trusting the Holy Spirit to save people. Well, we believe there are people out heart. there leading churches who are not born again. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. Oh, today it's just, they're just progressive liberals. They're not born again. It's just yeah. they're teaching heresy. They're um, changing, mutilating the gospel. A lot of emergent church, uh, you know, the um, uh, new um, uh, reform Theology of the um, the guy up north. What's his name? Uh, Driscoll. 
No, not Driscoll, but he's part of the Emergent Church. Yeah. But um, the New Revival, he's just nothing but Pentecostal on steroids. Yeah. They lay on graves of past pastors. They're going to suck up their anointing, their mantle, and all that. Yeah. Just weird stuff. It's as bad as uh, during the 80s when um, um, on Channel 40 they would, you know, a guy put a, a well, they would they would put a, a microphone down this hole, oh. and they hurt people in hell, and, and people get all. It's it's stupid. It's not in the Bible. It doesn't happen. Yeah. If you know the word of God, you can be protected. Amen. From your own stupidity. It's important. Let alone theirs. Looking at our world from a social situation, you know, one of, we have kind of an interesting break over the next twelve months. Uh, we're not going to have an official election cycle. <laughs> we, we, there's gonna, if nothing else, may, maybe a little less noise mm -hmm. in our, our cultural situation. We expect to see destructive elements of our world moving their agendas forward under the radar during this time. What's that going to look like for us in, uh, in California, in the People's Republic of California, mm -hmm. you know, where anything mm -hmm. goes? You know, we, you guys were mentioning earlier the, a couple of laws that have passed, one against... Uh, diesel fuel mm -hmm. uh, for diesel burning vehicles and then of course there's so many others and there yeah. just doesn't seem to be an yeah. end all new construction um, all electric no gas no gas um, all new construction solar panels yeah. all new construction no more fireplaces yeah. That's ridiculous. No wood burning fires. No. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, well they're not going to be gas either. Right. Didn't they uh Fire up the, the coal plants in Germany, because it got, it got so cold. Yeah, trying to save lives. Trying to save lives. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, they can't even. California can't meet the need of the electronic uh, electricity grid. Yeah. They can't meet. They have brownouts now. Either they really can't meet the the demand, or they're selling our electricity to somebody else. Who knows? Mm -hmm. yeah. Probably both are true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> could, could be. Very yeah. Well. But it's a big lie to control you. Once everything's electric, they can shut you down. Yes. You're not going to be able to plug your car in. There's no way. Just go when the electric cars first came. You could drive on the diamond lane by yourself. But that went out the window after a while when everybody starts getting electric cars, right? Yes. And 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 then the the charging is going to be the same. It's no different. I think it's, it's important for a believer to keep that keep their um, a proper perspective on this world. Mm -hmm. um, if you were a non-believer and you were aware of the real evil going on, say, just even in the state of California, that would put a lot of fear in your, in your mind. I mean, I would think that, you know, you'd probably want to move to Texas or Florida yeah. or Idaho or somewhere. But, yeah. but um, I think as a believer, it's important to realize that God's hands on us and we're here for a purpose. It isn't just uh, the bad news that we might read or hear on the on the on TV. Uh, we have to be careful that we put on the armor of God, knowing that these evils are coming. But we're also here for a purpose and a reason. And we're, our peace and our assurance, our security, comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from the government. It doesn't come from our, the environment. Uh, and I think that's kind of important because, Amen. you know, I watch the news at night and sometimes I just, it just, it puts fear in you. And yeah, it's, and it's, I think that's their agenda. To, sure, you know, sure. They want to have that, but mm -hmm. it's spot on. Yeah. You've you got to go back to that. you got to back out yeah. and look at wh who's in control, who Amen. wins, Amen. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. yep. yeah. One of the things, Pastor X, that happens with believers is culture becomes unstable. 
or unreasonably chaotic. There's this natural gravitation towards end time issues. And even on the best day, we know that these things are coming. Speaking of the rapture, uh, the return of Christ, the, the degradation of our cultural situation, it's all coming apart. Uh, it's all on the prophetic calendar of the scripture. How do we balance that knowledge with a, a productive lifestyle to benefit God's people? Well, Jesus said, occupy till I come. Amen. Do business till I come. If you look at the first century church, it suffered much more than we've ever suffered as Americans. So what are we worried about? And they were waiting for the Lord's return. So while you're waiting for the Lord to come back for his church, you continue to do what God leads you to do, to go to school, to get prepared to make a living, to we have your profession, you take care of your home, you instruct your children, you guard your home, you go to church, you serve, and you see if God gives you the next day. And that's what we do. We know prophetically we're towards the end. We know that Russia will attack Israel. The 70th week of Daniel is the next thing to happen. There's nothing really left to happen. And so once the rapture takes place, the day of the Lord begins. The day of the Lord is for Israel. It's a time of chastening, a time of preparation for their Messiah. So you have Israel being attacked by Russia, the rapture taking place, the day of the Lord begins, and the Antichrist will appear all at the same time. Now many people object to me saying that, but you have to calculate in that God gives us the seven years in days, months, and years. Mm -hmm. Even the burning of weapons is seven years. It all has to fit in there together. Not, not one of those things can happen a day before or after from each other. They have to happen simultaneously at the same time. That's why when Matthew deals with the Jew in Matthew 24, he deals with the day of the Lord. Whenever you find the phrase, no man knows the day or the hour, it's talking about the rapture, the day of the Lord, not the second coming. The day of the Lord is the focus in Matthew because he's talking to the Jew. They will go through it. We look at Mark, it's different. And Luke, he says, pray that you be worthy to stand before the Son of Man and escape all these things. That's the rapture. That's the church. Amen. Jew and Gentile, one. So you must understand the program of God, his promises, and the prophetic aspect of it. So really, um, there's nothing left. His coming is imminent. And the biggest thing that makes everything complete is that Israel's back in the land. You see, at World War II, I probably would have thought that that was the rapture, that sure. Hitler was the Antichrist, yeah. you know, tattooing the Jews, everything else. Uh, but the thing was missing was the state of Israel had not been born. Yes, they thought Gorbachev, remember? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's <laughs> it. In 1948, through the Zionist movement and other things, God brought Israel back. You know, there, there's no greater evidence that God's on the throne than the nation of Israel. Amen. Amen. There was something you were telling us, telling me the other day about how China cannot be a world leader. That people, some people think they can take over and be a world. Oh well, with the whole Davos thing with uh, Klaus Schwab and Bill right. Gates and Fauci and China, they're looking for this global world that they're going to control in that. Well, you know, um, the Lord's told us that He gave to Nebuchadnezzar the empires of the world. Right. He said, you're the head of gold, Babylon, then Medo-Persia, silver, uh, shoulders, uh, Greece, belly of brass, and Rome, two legs, east and west, iron, Rome. And there's been a pause, the church age, the next and, and last empire is the ten-nation confederacy, world empire. Yeah. There's not going to be another world empire before that. If it does, throw your Bible away. 
God it, says the next one is the Ten Nation Confederacy. It's interesting, too, because, I mean, you look at the, if you really take some time and look at the economic situation in China, they're a mess. Oh, they're, they're horrible. They are really a mess. Yeah. I mean, they may do all the manufacturing for the world, yeah, no. but they're in no condition <laughs> no. to be taking over anything no. economically. No. Number one leader in carbon emissions. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. sure. But again, knowing the Word of God, then you can rest in that. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, just as Hitler failed in his attempt to control the whole world, these men are going to fail. Does that mean that there's not going to be bad things happening? Oh, no, no. We're saying they're going to fail. We're not, I'm not predicting what can happen and what shouldn't happen or what will happen to individuals or even to America. But if that ten-nation confederacy is coming through the Antichrist, the United States cannot be the leading economic center of the world. Which are, king, which are kings who will divest their authority and give it to the Antichrist. Right, right, That's right. right. Mm -hmm. So um, for that reason, I just... I, I don't put much stock on these guys, not on their evil, but on their victory. Right. Their purpose. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think we are always mindful of from the perspective of believers is the issue of the gospel. And I know Pastor X has been a great encouragement to us in this area. Everything that we do, we want to put the gospel up front. We don't want it to be an afterthought. Do you guys consider that as you prepare for the coming year, for the events and like, for instance, Henry, I know uh, this coming Sunday you're going to begin uh, selling tickets for the Valentine's Banquet. Correct, correct. And it's an opportunity for people to get together. Yeah. It's an event, mm -hmm. uh, you know, banquet. Uh, Gutierrez brothers will be there. Mm -hmm. uh, Brother Terry Lebo, mm -hmm. Pastor Terry, will be sharing mm -hmm. at this year's event. And But gospel's in the forefront. Right. Absolutely. The preaching of the gospel. It's always the goal. We do. Yeah. The gospel always gets preached. Body life and evangelism. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, those two things. Mm -hmm. And God uses the craziest things that we think may not, you know, he, he doesn't work the way we work. He, he'll use whatever it takes to get people to come to know him, you know, yeah. and I've seen it. <laughs> I can tell you stories, we don't have time, but just, you know, crazy things. How God orchestrated somebody at a table at the Valentine's. And Amen. next thing you know, they're the same industry. They know the same people. And they, this guy starts ministering to this guy, and, you know. And, Spirit of God. You know, yeah. like, yeah. wow, Lord, you're too much. Shame on us if we don't. If we don't make that yeah. the, the focal point of every ministry, you know, we look at the book of Revelation again, because I know we're there, but, you know, the angel that flies in the heavens and he's giving up the everlasting gospel, the two witnesses, the 144,000, is going to be a great time for the gospel to go out during the tribulation. How much more now? Yeah. Which precedes the rapture. It seems like every event is centered around the gospel. Uh, some teaching at uh, one point or another, uh, uh, even funerals and weddings. Um, and I think the people here are accustomed to that. They don't expect anything different. But that's one of the most important parts of the whole thing, to be able to communicate the truth to them, a reminder to the believer and uh, evangelism to the non-believer. Yeah. For many, many years, guys, we've lived in a situation of relative stability. And that's no longer the case. We're, we've become the people that are difficult to shock. You know, you hear a new story and it's like, it may have, 10 years ago, it would have curled your hair. Today, it's like, yeah, I, I almost saw that coming. Uh, in a lot of ways, unfortunately, we see the, the government of our nation pushing back against us and actually undermining the protection of the citizens that they're supposed to represent. And so we have to strike a balance. You know, on the one hand, we want to encourage people to be civil, 
to conduct themselves wisely and to walk uprightly. On the other hand, we want them to be uh, wise about the forces of this world yeah. that are working against them. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's important, you know, and again, people like even uh, um, it was sharing about revelation that the angel of the everlasting gospel will be preached to the whole world. There are many people that believe that that has to happen first before the Lord comes. Well, that's ridiculous. The, the context is the tribulation period. Right. Okay? So that has nothing to do with the rapture of the Lord coming for His church. And by the way, the rapture is not a new doctrine. It wasn't invented by a woman. Uh, you've got all kinds of stupid things being said. Uh, Jesus is the first one who mentions the rapture in chapter 14 of John, verse 1 through 6. And then, of course, you find it all over the place. And so it's a blessed hope. Um, for us, I yeah. says. It's I our blessed hope. He's him. coming for us. Uh, we don't know the day or the hour, so we, he says, you know, make sure that you're not sleeping. Make sure you're not, you know, unaware. Make sure you're not, you know, doing what you're not supposed to be. Abide in Christ Jesus, grow, and let God take care of it. And so again, the focus is to teach people the Word of God, have them depend on the Lord, and for them to pray where God would have them to fellowship. There's no such thing as a churchless Christian. Amen. It's a, it's a, it's a non-biblical stance. You belong to the body, Jew and Gentile, one, the different parts, the different gifts, and God puts it all together. Uh, internet, you're sick? Fine. Listen to the pastor over there. Once you get over your sickness, get, get to church. Do not stay home and just watch church through the internet. That's, I can tell you that that is a sin towards God. Okay? God would not have you to do that. You're sick? Got a flat coming out of the driveway this morning? Fine. But that's not what church is about. So, Can I say something regarding that? Because yeah. we've been having a conversation among other, you know, our, our people who serve. And the people, when COVID happened, the whole pandemic, and people, you know, were watching online. Yeah. A lot of those people didn't come back. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, who suffered for it? Those people who decided not to come back to church and those who finally came back and trickled back, their lives have been affected yeah. in a negative mm -hmm. way. Yeah. yeah. So kind of yeah. to what your point, I mean, if you're out there and you haven't come back, sure. you need to come back. Sure, yeah, yeah. And get fellowship. Every member of the body is there for the rest of the body, not for themselves, and so that's important. So maybe you're out there and you don't go to church. Maybe you watch us or somebody else over the Internet. Shame on you. Get to church. I tell the people all the time. Um, you need to be there in person. You need to have the Spirit of God deal with you, direct, guide you, mature you, use you, and for you to be in an avenue to reach the loss, whether it be your family members, your friends, or whoever they may be, because that's what we're here to do. And so your family, if you're the head of your home, you need to make sure your family gets to church, your children get to church. Now, once they grow up, they make the decision their own, but while they live in your home, they're eating your food, sleeping in your bed, using your water to shower, they're going to church. There's no, there's no if or but about it. You don't like it, then move out. One of the two. I love my children. I love my grandchildren. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Very, very important. And so if you're out there, you don't know Jesus Christ, lift your heart to him. Ask him to forgive your sin. And he will cleanse you, make you a child of God, find a church, it teaches the word of God, and that entertains you, and he'll bless you. So don't make it complicated. Keep it simple. God bless. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed 
encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.